When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United winning Manchester United. Positive. No negative here, Rob. Maybe, well, well you know, Lissandro Martinez, hopefully, fingers crossed, is okay. But on the whole, Rob, positivity. United beating West Ham 3-0. Mm. You were there? I, I was. It. I was, yeah. What do I think? I was very pleased. Like, uh, I think, Scott, we talked about in the last show, didn't we, about Wolves and that, that hour period where Man United looked like they had all their faculties together. Like, they were playing at the correct tempo and the correct purpose. And I keep using that word over and over again. And again, that purpose was there for the whole of the game against West Ham. And I think United, by and large, controlled everything. West Ham had one or two breakaways, didn't they, and opportunities. But you expect that from any Premier League team. Um, but just, just really pleased with the way they're gelling, like you're bringing back, aren't you, these pros that have been out for a long time, but you've still got your kids there. And I actually think it's the kids that pushed the envelope yesterday against West Ham. And and that's, I think, the way you've got to go for the rest of the season. Like I, Whatever happens, there will be injuries, there will be ins and outs again, but it's the young dudes you've got to stick with. I think you saw that picture there, which I'm sure will be on our thumbnail here. The three guys sat together right in front of me, it was actually, um, on the side there, um, Garnacho, Manu, and Hoyland, that's your future, but it's also your present. They're the guys that are going to get you somewhere up the table. Yeah, I mean, obviously United have other players, but yeah, just I think yesterday was just a reminder to be patient, right? And as much as United are expected to win, well, maybe not this United, but expected to win the league, and that's the standard that everybody holds, holds United to, that's that being fans, also critics who expect United to be as well run as they were 12 years ago or, you know, the Fergie years. It, if you're dealing with a, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old and a now 21-year-old as three of the leading lights, really, in your team, mm. you have to be a bit patient with them. I only think to a, back to a few weeks ago where Rasmus Hoyland was getting killed for not scoring goals. And now on his 21st birthday, that lovely take and finish uh, with his right foot guitar celebration. I think he's explained that enough times uh, by now. It was a, a joke with his mates. Uh, they told him to do it just in case you haven't <laughs> seen it. But uh, yeah, positive. But just be patient because these these lads are very talented. Obviously, we've seen what Kobe can do. And Garnacho as well, finding his space on the right side. Two well-taken chances, really. I know one was a deflection, but all in all, something we don't see from United, 
a sound win, really. Like you say, Rob, there were chances for West Ham, but I think on the on the whole, and Eric Ten Hag's been talking about this when he have, has all his players back, everything seems to click and work better, at least. Yeah, look, if you want a bog-standard performance in the Premier League every single week, that's it. That's the standard. That's what you want to do. So, yeah, you, you'll give a few chances away. It won't be perfect. But what you'll do is you'll control the game. You will show that you're you're the team at home. Like sometimes you don't see that with United, don't you? They look like lost. They're at Old Trafford on their own stage, and sometimes the away team comes and does their job, and United just look miffed. Um, so that's where I think the positivity comes from, Scott, because like you just said, they're they're all young. You have to believe. Like I know that's a real Man United cliche: believe, believe, believe. But you haven't really got any choice but to believe. Otherwise, you just will be crying into your cornflakes every morning. Like <laughs> You just be sad about everything all the time. You have to look at these young players and you have to say they've got the talent. Now we have to guide them to the point where they can do what they did against West Ham. And like you just said about Hoyland, we've consistently said on the show, not really hitting his numbers, but actually not, not displeased about his performances at all. Like we've liked what he's done, his body of work. So I think there's that four goals, four games on the spin. Is that right? He scored now. And the confidence that he'll take from that will be absolutely ginormous. He'll come off the pitch and he'll feel like he's validated at Manchester United. He'll be like, give me the ball anywhere now and I think I can score. So, no, just very, very, very pleased with the performance and just pleased with how these young players are taking to it because I've always believed in them. I've always thought that they were the right route to go. And I think when you look at Manu, you look at Garnacho, you look at Hoyland, that has to be the, the cornerstones of the team. You don't then have to worry about Rashford. You don't then have to worry about Bruno. You don't have to worry about Casemiro. They'll all fit in because that's how team sports work. They'll work around each other. And I think that was a good example yesterday. I think the experienced players played well as well. But the stars of the show for me are definitely the young players. Yeah, it seems to be a nice camaraderie between them as well. Obviously, I think Garnacho and Hoyland have done a few different you know, post-match interviews over the course of the last few weeks and months. Uh, Garnacho and Colby have played in the same youth team. Obviously, Holland's been added to the mix now. I think that picture of the three of them. What what was it about, Rob? Was was that what, what was your take on it? Because Kudus did it in the reverse game, didn't he? What What do you think it was? I think it was a little nod to what West Ham did in that first game. Yeah, so, so do I. That's you know, I they both. I, if you think about it, because it Garnacho is that petty as well. I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind him being petty. Like I quite yeah. like that Garnacho. Every time he gets tackled, he rolls around on the floor because he's he's trying to control a game. Like that is gamesmanship. That's part of the game, isn't it? Um, I think they did it because when Kudos did that and Paqueta was with him, there it, it was like I think it's a South American thing. Like there, there is obviously this this rivalry, obviously between um, uh, Brazilians. Obviously, Paqueta is Brazilian, and then you've also got um, uh, South American, uh, Argentinian in in Garnacho. And Garnacho initiated it. He was the one. He was like, "I'm going to sit here and come sit with me for the photograph," and and it worked perfectly, didn't it? It was a good moment. And I also liked what the manager said about it afterwards because he said, oh, "I love the celebration." He was like because it shows camaraderie, that shows what I want to see. We are together in the good moments and the bad moments. And I think that's a good hymn book to sing from, isn't it? That's that's how it should be, is that when you have that success, celebrate together and show it, show that you mean it. And I liked it that Manu ran over as well, because he wasn't obviously involved yeah. in that goal, but he ran over and he was like, yeah, these are my boys. You know, these are, you know, I, I love this. This is pretty what we're poignant doing. as well, Rob, on a weekend of, you know, where 
obviously 66 years since Munich and you know outside the ground obviously the the holy trinity and like yes. it's, it's just kind of you know I'm not sure I'm not sure if it was intentional or anything like that but you can draw comparisons between the two obviously you got maybe a new a new bright generation of players to to get behind it ran through my mind you know when they ran over to us and sat sat down and posed for the photograph for the goal that it went through my head it went through my head that you know this club is founded on youth is founded on the babes and that team perished all those years ago. And United have carried on that tradition all the way through. Now, yes, we've not always had the greatest youth teams, but we've always brought youth products through. That is that is the lifeblood of Manchester United. And I know that a lot of United fans don't connect with that in the modern day. They, you know, they're maybe part of the Galactico version and they want the bigger players or whatnot. But I think you have to go this route. This is your best route. This is your best chance of success. I look at Garnacho, Scott, just as an individual and I thought at 16, he could be world-class. And now getting 19, I'm completely convinced he could be world-class. 100%, you know. And I and I look at Manu. I felt that before when he was 16, 17. He's now showing it. And you just have to keep building. Do you know what, Scott? There'll be harder weeks ahead. There'll be worse games at West Ham. They'll have bad performances. We'll be like, oh, what's happened to these kids? It will happen. But I think the proof is there. You know, it's absolutely in front of us. These talented boys can do it. And I think you build something together, don't you? Like I, I like it that they, that you can see. I think Hoyland said it as well in his um, interview, didn't he? He was like, you know, I'm 21. These boys are like 18 and 19. He said, we are building something here and we know it. It's good. I like that. And, and that's the way it should be. And yes, there will be some failures also in there as well. And I think we have to take the rough with the smooth. Obviously, some players have been... or. Young players have been leaving, not to everyone's satisfaction, but the United under-18s are, I'm counting, how many points is that? 17 points clear in their league, 14 out of 14. There's some other names, maybe, that is coming through the system. Uh, Harry Amas, maybe one yes. of them. Mm. There's, a, there's a few. I mean, just watch them. <laughs> Have Shaya. a look. Your yeah. boy Shaya. Lacey. <laughs> You know, there's a ton of others. Uh, you got some, you know, got Darren Fletcher's kids in there as well. Yeah. Lots of hype. Hey, you know, if you put in together form like this, half decent. Yeah. And, but it's, it's also, Scott, just about squad building in a sympathetic way. So it's not saying don't buy players, like no one's saying that. But at the same time, exploit the youth you have and push them forward. And like you're just saying there, that the under 18 team there being so far ahead in its league. That's the first time in many years that Man United at that level have shown something. Like going back even over 10 years, they've not been very good. That's the truth. You know, they've actually slipped down the league. They've, I think they even slipped down a division at one point because they didn't have the depth in youth. And we've always called for that development to carry on. Um, but it's cherry picking. You just take the right ones out. Like, you know, at City, you look for the Foden. You know, that's who you're looking for. You don't have to play young players in every position. You're just looking to take the best and develop the best and put them in with your senior players. You know, look at, again, at Sissi Rico Lewis, someone like that. You come in, people, someone look at him and they go, well, is he good enough? And you bring him in, he plays left back. He ends up playing centre-back. He's in central midfield. He's in the England squad. And you're like, actually, he's quite good, isn't he? He'd probably walk into most teams, but he's still a fringe player at, United, uh, at City. And United have to do the same thing, is that you bring these young players in sympathetically, you give them minutes. But one thing I really like, Scott, is during this hard period now, is that we've got to February. And do you know what? Garnacho's played a lot of minutes. 
Hoyland's played a lot of minutes, and now we're getting to Manu. Was that his ninth straight game or tenth straight game, something like that? So he's getting the minutes under his belt. That's how you do it. You just got to suck it up. And if you've got players who are out injured, and we'll talk about one today, which was very unfortunate yesterday, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going with your young players. You've got someone like Kamwala behind there on the on the on bench coming on and off now and then a young player who you have to develop and give him minutes over time so when players are injured use your youth and then they might surprise you <clears throat> yeah subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on youtube the promise and a man united podcast like the video subscribe leave a comment hit the notification bell as well and follow us on social media at double underscore scott saunders at underscore rob underscore b and at tplmufc for the show as well Switch into Mondays, I think, just because, you know. Kind of works, easier. It? Yeah, I think it kind of works with United out of Europe. Uh, less midweek games to contend with, so a little bit more time for mm-hmm. our content to breathe. We've done the the positives of the, the youth team. Casemiro looking maybe a little bit better on, on the pace. Diogo Dallo getting a lot of praise on match of the day, too. Yeah. For his role, uh, important block from him as well. Massive, yeah. Ca- Casemiro alongside Kobe is, uh, I think, probably the two that you want. That's the that's the player you want Kobe, Kobe to learn off. Um, and I saw, is there some frustration maybe that Kobe was substituted after a little while, and McTominay was brought on another academy product, of course. But we've <laughs> seen we've seen what McTominay does. Um, he got an assist. Just just chill. <laughs> Like he can't play. He's eighteen. He can't play ninety minutes all the time. You know, you need to. Yeah, I agree with you. Just chill. But it was peculiar. Like when he went off, we were like, feels a bit weird. Like Cobby's really dominating the tempo in there. Like you could see in the eight going up and down. Say about Casemiro, and I'm also going to add Bruno Fernandes to Scott. Is that they both look more comfortable with someone like Cobby who can do a lot of that. I'm mm. so physical work because Cobby doesn't really throw himself around, but he's just very assured. Like he gets the ball in good areas and does all the right stuff as what you want from a central midfielder. But I think Bruno, that was probably his best p- performance for me in the eight, in the sense that he was under control. Um, it was quite interesting. It, it was towards the end of the first half. Bruno had the ball around the halfway line and there was a lot of screams and shouts for like, get it forward, Bruno, from the crowd. And Bruno was like, no. And I was stood there going... You do that, Bruno. Just slow the game down. You're 2-0 up. You don't need to go and score another goal and give it away and get counter-pressed. Just calm it down. And I felt good about that because I don't see that from Bruno. I don't see that know-how from Bruno normally. He normally responds to the crowd and will play a kind of Steven Gerrard Hollywood pass into the channel. And you're like, don't give the ball away for no reason. Don't be frivolous. And I liked that, Scott, because that's in-game management. That's being serious. So I think that's what Casemiro gives to them like he sits and he gives them a little bit more assurance but I think Cobby has really helped Bruno Bruno now I think looked more comfortable in that role yesterday than I've ever seen him before so you've got a serious midfield Scott it's like three there and, and I think Cobby coming off was a little bit of a shock but look Scott you come on his job in it is to try and impact your your ability to score he led a goal to the third goal as well to be fair he, he gets the ball he drives the ball he slides in uh Garnacho and it's a goal so it, it worked. So you can't like, criticise the manager for that. But I, it did feel, because it was like 65th minute or 68th minute or something like that, it did feel a bit weird that Cobby was going off and we were a bit like, 
So I hope this isn't going to be a moment where tomorrow on the podcast I'm saying that was the moment where the game collapsed, but it wasn't. And United are just a lot more confident in our own skin, even with the substitutions. It was it, it was probably the right thing to do. As you said, Copy can't play every single minute, but I think he's going to have to play quite a lot of minutes for United to be successful. He's a bona fide starter now. We've been yeah. saying it for a while. Uh, but obviously... He's going to win the World Cup with England with Jude Bellingham. I've put my neck on that block. I believe that. I think they could be the best midfield in the world, those two. There's two eights. You know, that that could take England to a completely different level because I think they're so intelligent in so many parts of their game. Now, I know that's a big statement for young players, but you want that expectation. You want to say they're that good. You want to say they're, they're going to be world-class. So someone like Jude Bellingham when he was at Birmingham, no one wanted to talk about what he could be. He went to Dortmund, ripped it up. He's now at Real Madrid. It was only a few years ago we were talking about him being a kid at Man United, potentially, as a 17-year-old, and should we pay 20 million for him? Well, yeah, you should have done. Were we, we were, were we doing the podcast at the time? At that time? Yeah, we talked. We did talk I about... I think we were, I, weren't we? I think yeah. it's when he went to Dortmund, and I was definitely doing the Masterclass before because we did Masterclass shows on Bellingham, and we were like, you know, should you spend... 20 million on a 17 year old and the general consensus from United fans Scott being honest was no they were like well you know, need to go and buy players that can impact your team and we said at the time with Solskjaer we were like Ole probably wouldn't play him anyway he'd probably put him on a bench but that's all right because you've still got the player you're going to play McFred and you know then Bellingham can come into your team slowly what did Bellingham do went to Germany ripped it up He's out Real Madrid and he's he's the man, isn't he? So I, I think England are very, very lucky in a sense. There's been talk again about will Manu actually select go for England? Well, he's an English lad from Stockport. I think he probably yes. will. So uh he's played for England at all levels and he is that talented. And I just can you imagine? Like England are very lucky. They've got so many good young players. Like we talked about Phil Foden a minute ago, Rico Lewis. They are stacked, they are deep England. They've got a chance of winning a major tournament. I think there might be one or two Man United players in there as well. Let's talk about a Dane, Rasmus Hoyland. Yeah. <clears throat> Just in a little bit more depth, obviously. Looks really confident now. Looks like he's on a, well, he is on a scoring run. Hmm. Uh, Casemiro winning the ball, which Eric Ten Hag credited after hmm. a Lisandro Martinez like little clip into the front, which didn't really work, but obviously Casemiro mopped up on the counter press. And... Hoyland then gets the ball and shows that he's got a little bit of poise mm. and can feint and can finish with his weaker foot. Completely. And and do you know what, Scott, in that moment, when he got the ball, again, I can give you my emotional evaluation from being there. As soon as he got the ball and kind of stepped inside on his weaker foot, like you said, I was just, I think I even said it out loud, I went goal. Because it it felt like he got the, the moment correct. He just slowed it all down, chose his position like good strikers do, and buried it. And do you know what it kind of reminded me? This is a big reminder. Kind of reminded me of what Sergio Aguero used to do at City, is that he'd always get the ball and the game would slow down. He would get the ball, he'd find his spot, and he'd hit the target. And that's really what you want strikers to do. Like learn how to hit the target, work the goalkeeper over and over and over and over again. And I think with Hoyland, yeah, in his earliest games, that was a criticism, wasn't it? It was like, a mm, bit wasteful at times, but maybe we need to create more for him. So he's used to being in those spots. So I loved that yesterday because he kind of created his own chance. He got the ball in a good area. And I think maybe six weeks ago, he just slashes at that and goes over the crossbar or slashes it and it goes wide and we go, oh, wasted opportunity. It's funny how maturity, Scott, 
can eke into you in just a matter of weeks because you practice, you practice, you practice, and you get to that spot and it starts making sense in your head. He gets there and it did feel like he was going to score straight away. As soon as he, he came in on the inside, it was like he's opened the play up. It's a good shot here. Buries it, doesn't he? And and I hope we see more of that now. Like he's he's in a good groove. And again, Scott, it was only six, seven, eight weeks ago, I was saying, he looks miserable. He's not getting the ball. He's working hard. He's coming off of 70, 80 minutes. He looks knackered. He's like, I've had one chance today. Now he's getting more chances. He's shining again. You saw with those goals yesterday, with his goal yesterday, celebrating with his teammates. He looks like a happy boy. And after the game, him and Garnacho together having a big cuddle, they're feeling it. And you've got to keep, You've got to keep riding that, haven't you? When it's good, you've got to take that momentum, stick with it, and take it into the next match. I just want to talk about the manager a second. We we will mm. talk about Martinez because <clears throat> obviously that has the potential to really upset the rest of the season, depending on how bad it is. Um, but Ten Hag's got a lot of stick, obviously, from a lot of people. Mm. And really, but one thing he's always maintained is that he needs a settled or he needs his best team or his most settled team. Yeah. And you've seen now in the Wolves capitulation before winning was maybe something you can put aside, but you look at the first 60 minutes against Wolves, you look at the West Ham game, largely with the same team, barring the one change, Varane versus Maguire. Does he, is he on to something, Rob? Do you think that, obviously that, that he needs to do it for longer, but obviously if the injury situation gets worse again, how is this going to play in? Because Ten Hag has shown really, he's always said that I need my players to learn routines. I need the, mm. the, the 11 to play together. They need to get used to each other. They need to defend as 11 and attack as 11. And obviously that excuse doesn't really wash when you're losing and you're United's manager. Where do, where do you stand on that currently? No, look, I think we've always said with Ten Hag that the injuries are, are a problem, that the tactics have been a little bit brittle at times, but repetitive when you could have changed it up. Like yesterday, like we just said about Manu, if Manu comes off, Scott, in the last 20 minutes, you capitulate and you don't win the game, then guess what? We're going to be talking about the manager again, aren't we? But I think that you're totally right there is that you've got to do these repetitions together. You've got to get the team together and get people fit. So like yesterday... One of the reasons why you bring Kobe off and leave Casemiro on is you need to get minutes into Casemiro's legs. He needs the minutes. So uh, at that moment, it felt like probably Casemiro was the guy to pull because it's 70 minutes in or you're 65 minutes in and, you know, you, you stage managing those minutes. He did but say he, also- he did say before the game, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Casemiro gets better with every consistent appearance that he makes. And, and, and I think that's the same for most players, like Luke Shaw. Like you see with Luke Shaw is that as soon as Luke Shaw's got six games under his belt, he's completely different coming back from injury after the first one, two or three. Just completely different. Looks different, mentally different, covers different, physically, you know, drive the space uh, better. And I think with Casemiro, you, you give him more minutes, he's going to be fitter, isn't he? It's just, just logic. You know, it's obvious for for those those things. But then you've got to get a certain amount of players up to speed, Scott, all together. And I think that's kind of where where United are in this moment. Obviously, Lissandra Martin is that injury, something we'll talk about today, is potentially crushing to Man United in terms of this getting everyone going. Will it be catastrophic? I don't know. But you see, even just yesterday, before like Martinez went off, how important these individuals are within the system. And... They make each other better, Scott. Like I think this is the other way we have to look at it. Is that I talked about the midfield as a whole there just a minute ago, and I don't, I don't think it's about Casemiro as an individual. I don't think it's about Bruno as an individual. I don't think it's about Cobby as an individual. It's about the three working as a midfield together, and that's how you get performances. That's how you get results. And it's the same with the front three. Look at it: Rashford, Hoyland, Garnacho. It's all about pairings and triplets. And that, I think that's what the manager has missed because he had to change his team so often, hasn't he? Like he's had to. It's constantly a different fullback every week. You're like, who's playing left back this week? Who's playing right back? Oh, my centre backs are out. Oh, now I'm going to have to drop kids in. You know, oh, now, now we've seen uh, Onana's made another mistake. And, and, and it just rolls, doesn't it? And it's just negative, negative, negative. Maybe now you'll be able to have some more positive spins on those things. And, and I, I don't think the manager's wrong. Like, we've always said it. Having injured players hurts you, doesn't it? Like, look at Chelsea as, a, as an example of, of a team that, that cannot get any slice of form going under a new coach it's a similar situation in many ways you know you've got players that are, are capable but why are you not hitting those marks and I think with United that's always that's been a big question mark for the whole season is that we still expect a higher performance level even when players are coming in and out of the team this is and these are the reasons why I've, uh, I've got stick for defending the manager too much potentially uh but I just look at it and I think if you've got injured players, how many managers can even get, can can make much of a difference? So Come. just see no. what he's got. Let's just give him the rest of the year to see and to prove himself. Yeah. And so far, like since the turn of the year, United's form's been good. Like this isn't a Chelsea podcast, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it, to see how the Chelsea fans are reacting to this spell with Pochettino. And already you've got a big wave of Chelsea fans saying, get out of my football club. Right? Get, get Mourinho back. Well, all right. Mourinho. It's like... It's- it's, it's just yeah, honestly they're saying it they're saying it it's if funny. they are saying it then like you know you don't know football hello <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to be like that but you know i think the whole thing with pochettino is that absolutely they are failing at the moment but there has been reasons there has been injuries there has been players coming back in and out of the team there has been young players playing minutes so it's the same issue at manchester united isn't it this is you know you you can't be a, a, a mad wizard as the coach and just make things work all the time. You have to keep grinding till you get somewhere. And and I think it's bizarre, like Chelsea fans doing that. I don't want to make this as a pop at Chelsea fans, but it kind of shows how sport they are over the years. Is that, you know, you had Tuchel and then he's gone out the door and as Potter, he's gone out the door and you get someone like Pochettino, who's probably perfect for your project long term. Oh, we've lost some games. We're not in the top 10. 
out the door. That's very Chelsea, isn't it? And I wouldn't be surprised if Pochettino does get sacked because that's what that football club has done in the past. And that's why I think also with Tenard, we've tried to back him whilst being soft. Like I've criticised him, definitely. I think some of his tactical choices and choices from the, the technical area have not been fantastic at times. But yesterday, he makes that change with Cobby. He brings on Scotty. Scotty gets you an assist. Well done. That's what your job is. Well done. That's you, you're there to know the best choice better than we are. Do you know what I mean? So I, I've always had that about Ten Hag. I've always felt that he, he at least has his faculties and knows what he's doing. It's just that you need results. And I think yesterday, you think about that West Ham game, Scott, 3-0. That's the kind of game that maybe even, again, five, six weeks ago might have been completely different. Completely different game. West Ham come and do you on a counter-punch. You know, David Moyes just sets up to, to hit you on the break. And you get broken. It did happen yesterday, two, three times where the break was on and we made those last guys tackles. You mentioned Delo there and credit to him for that defensive mo moment. It was a big moment for, for United. But they were happening more, weren't they, weeks ago? And we were getting punished in almost every scenario. Yesterday, you didn't get punished. It's 3-0. Everyone's happy. You move on to the next football match. Which is Aston Villa away. Difficult one. But mm. hey, you know, like I know that we've, pretty much resigned ourselves to United not making top five. Mm. But I think they're six points off currently. Obviously, Tottenham dropped points at the weekend. You go to Villa, you you close in to within five points of them. Mm. That, that's a difficult, difficult game. But like if you're, if you're on it, you know, I think it's not impossible. I think it's smart not to look at the table, right? Because I think mm. the thing is that this is where the carrot dangles in front of Man United. It's like... You're not that far away. Like, as we said, we were doing shows not long ago. Was, you're only three points behind Man City. That only felt like a blink of an eye ago. <laughs> you know, I think you've got to look at yourself. You've got to look at your performances. And if you go to Aston Villa and put in the best version of yourself, you know, cliche, 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 then you'll be okay. And I think as good as Villa have been this season, they're not they're not perfect. You can hurt them if you do all the good things. Especially a United front line with that back line. You know. And and you're telling me, Emery, Emery will be looking at that and going, right, that front three is popping now. It means that we can't be as expressive in these areas. We have to look after those players because Hoyland's on form, Garnacho skinning everyone on the right. Rashford, I think, again, I thought was better yesterday and I think continues to just slowly but surely get, you know, percentage point better every time. And there's there's more positive things about United than you can say really about negatives. I said I think we will kind of cap off a little bit about Lissandro as well, kind of what I saw in the in the warm up with his foot, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think when you look at the next game, you go to Aston Villa. Villa are not perfect to home now, obviously after getting beaten recently, and that's a good thing to go and exploit, isn't it, Scott? Because you can go there and play the counter press a little bit more, and you can say to Villa, right, you come on to us, but we've got the pace in behind, and we're going to hurt you like that, and that's going to be our game plan, and you can kind of simplify things but yeah you go to Aston Villa more confident now simply because you're playing better not because Villa are playing worse Villa had a good game this last week and I, and I think there's opportunity there for Man United to go get points don't look at the table just look at yourself three points every week and you will slowly but surely climb to where you want to be and you'll be in the mix for that top four which again let's be honest Scott that's that's the goal isn't it this year now is you've you got to somehow get back in that Champions League spot and be competing towards the end of the season, somewhere in that top four where you feel comfortable in yourself. So, Rob, just before we move on and talk about Martinez, what does Eric Ten Hag have to do this season to keep his job into next season? Well, Champions League, I think, is imperative. 
that's the main thing. So top four, but you know, as we've talked about before, fifth place might get you in the Champions League this season, and that's a that's a big plus for English clubs. Um, I don't think it will be the be all and end all. Like I think we've also said he could get fourth Scott and still get sacked. Like if the performances are not there, and if Ineos don't believe that this manager can take the club forward. But of course, if performances go the way they have now in the last couple of games, then that's positive, isn't it? That's what you want to see, and that's what the board will want to see. And I think with Eric, that's all he can do. You know, as he puts this together, if he's got more injuries and, you know, he might well be losing his centre-back now for a period of time again, that's a huge loss, but they still have to keep rolling. So with all this positivity that's been generated, I think, in the last week or two, it's somehow got a stick now and you've got to take it towards the end of the season. Uh, but I do think Champions League is imperative for the football club. Like, as I said, in terms of investment, being in that competition just frees up so much more money and pushes your profits in the right direction. So I think that's that's the basics of it, though I don't think it's the complete totality. Champions League is yeah. really important to Manchester United because then next season you go by the players you want and you can carry on your project. Yeah, I, I personally, I don't think it's as black and white as that. I think if he mm. comes sixth and United have had a good end to the season in terms of their style of play, their identity, mm. I think that would be enough, personally. It might not, might not be the same for everybody, but just look at the alternatives you've got, you've got to to bring in. I think th- this United that Ten Hag has been working with for the last eighteen months. Good God, man! Good God! Like I think he deserves a chance, a, a clear run at it. And obviously, it's easier to say that when United have performed a little bit better and think a lot of the things he's been saying over the course of the injuries. Hmm. I know it's only a small sample size of two matches, but you can see that what he's saying actually has some merit because what he's talking about would happen when his players were back is happening to me. Exactly. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You're, you're getting that upside in a very short space of time, aren't you? You're seeing it and you're, you're, you're believing a little bit more. That's the other side of it. I talked about belief earlier on. And I think that's a, a big thing for the board. I think the one other just counterpoint there, Scott, is we still don't really 100% know how Ineos view the project long-term in terms of the manager. Like We don't know whether they really like Ten Hag or are not sure. Or it might be the other way, Scott. It might be that they love Ten Hag. They might have spoken to him and gone, actually, we really like how you're managing from, from behind the scenes and you kind of correlate with our values. So we'll stick with you. Then six, you can have a good six, Scott, or a bad six. So you could be six yeah. where you feel yeah. feel like you've underperformed and you should have been in the Champions League and you messed up, say, your last four games of the season and you could have walked into that fourth spot and been in the Champions League comfortably, but then you've messed it up. You think last year, Scott, when we won the League Cup, United came third in spite of their form. It wasn't because of their form. Newcastle fell off massively, didn't they, and came fourth. So it, it, I, I think this is why it's not so binary as to just say Champions League. But I, I do know that if you're looking at, say, Champions League, brings an extra 20 or £30 million pound worth of profit over the top. It means something to businessmen, and especially if you're putting money into the football club now where you're buying new players. So Ten Hag will be judged partially on that. And I think for us, Scott, we just want to see better performances, don't we? We just want to see the guys going out there. And the good thing is, Scott, the effort level looks like it's there again, doesn't it? Just last two or three games, they look switched on up here. I think that's a massive part yeah, of that, that's That's important, yeah. Usually in a, when a manager's at the end, you see that players have essentially down tools. Switched off. Absolutely. I, I it's been maybe been some suggestions that we've seen that, but I, I I wouldn't say that we maybe in certain instances, but I, I don't think that's the case at all. You look at the players that are in there now, that the effort levels are appropriate, and it feels like as many people as the managers ticked off, 
I think he still has the majority. Yeah, his, jo his job is to tick people off, though. You know, if they're not doing their job, he should challenge them. So, you know, you should do that without recourse. Now, yeah, individual management, I think you can always you can always question it. Marcus Rashford is a really good example, isn't it? It's that we've talked a lot about Marcus and what's happened recently, and we don't need to go any deeper into that. But I think his form is improving, and it's one of the things Ten Hag has said. Ten Hag's talked a lot about that and said, I think Marcus is an improving player over the last few weeks, so I'm happy about that. Whether Marcus is overly happy or not doesn't matter. What matters is his form and being professional. And I think we're seeing that last two or three games is that, that Marcus is putting in better performances. And I think that that's infectious. I think that runs through a team where players then just kind of go, actually, we're in a good moment here. So I won't moan as much. I'll knuckle down. I'll do my job. Oh, guess what? We've won 3-0 against West Ham. Everything is rosy again. What did I always say, Scott? Nothing solves problems better than winning. Win football matches. People forget about stuff quite quickly. Now, final topic. Something that might stop Man United winning football matches. Lisandro Martinez's injury. Now, mm. the we'll talk about what you saw, Rob, uh, in a mm. bit. But obviously, I'll just explain the situation. <clears throat> there was a coming together. Mar uh, Martinez was shepherding the ball out of play. Can't remember who it was with. Sufal, wasn't it? Kufal. I think so, yeah. And yeah, it was him. And obviously, kind of a. He was shepherding it out, a bit of jostling over it, and Sufal falls on Martinez, and his leg kind of turns in on itself. And he clutches his knee. There's that image going round of Martinez in screaming pain. Then you see him kind of roll around and bashing the floor like he's frustrated that this might mean he's got another long term injury. He got up, played on for a little while and then went back down at the next break of play after Dallow had uh, made that block from Jared Bowen. He walked off and Ten Hag has said along the lines of it's a personal disaster. Mm. And if Martinez is to miss, let's say, the rest of the season, it is a disaster. Like to me, I, I've made my, my personal opinion is I think Martinez is and has been probably since he arrived the most important defender at the club. You could deal with this if it was Maguire. You could deal with it if it was Lindelof. You could deal with it if it was Varane, as bad as it would be. But in terms of the style of play, the tenacity, his ability to bring the ball out of defence, Martinez is head and shoulders above everybody. So it's, it's a big blow, isn't it? It's a massive blow. And I don't think there's any kind of coincidence that United's form has started to improve while Martinez has been back in the team, both in and around the squad and, and his leadership skills. Uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit what I saw in the game because I tweeted it out and there was some conjecture, a few people tweeting it back and were like, oh, I don't know what you've seen. Um, I'm always there early. I always watch the warm-ups. I'm a bit of a geek at Manchester United. I want to see everything. I want to know what's going on. I'm nosy. So I was watching the warm-up like I normally do. And it was quite clear when when he came out for, for the warm-up that he wasn't right on his foot. Like, we know that he was being iced in the, in the last game he came off there and that he was having a little bit of a problem. And it was a bit of a 50-50 ball in the, in the kind of five-a-side warm-up that they do, like, half an hour before the game. And he kind of clashed with Delow. And he immediately went to ground and kind of punched around a few times and then was playing with his foot and then didn't really want to get back into any kind of contact with any other players. And it wasn't good. And that's when I tweeted out at that time that it's not right you know there's something there he's feeling it I think Bruno came over kind of gave him a hug and was like both looking down at his foot <laughs> you know like what the foot hurts so 
he obviously went into the game and I think he was fine. But in the first half, I definitely recognised, and, and so I don't know if this came across on TV, that he couldn't jump on the foot very well. There was one time where the ball was swung in on a corner and he was on the front post and he just couldn't get up, just couldn't jump. And he kind of, it was, he was almost like lame. Now he played through the game fine, Scott. I think the thing is, is that when you're carrying an injury like that, especially one that maybe you're worried about, that that then normally leads to another injury. You can get that extra impact injury because you're just not doing it properly. You're, you're always looking after that foot. And I think in that moment when he kind of has that incident with Soufal, yeah, it's probably more to do with Soufal and an accident and, you know, a player kind of falling on you and you twisting your knee. But it's so common, isn't it? When you've got a foot injury or a, or a muscle injury, that another part of the leg goes. It's just happens so often now players play with injuries all the time but that's the call you have to make there's that risk factor and I think with Martinez even if he comes back Scott like say we get great news in the next day or two when he's had a scan there's no problem maybe he's out for a couple of weeks or something like that it's just a, a little bit of a pull that's something that has to be managed because can you play this guy 90 minutes every week if he's still nursing a, a sore foot or a a problem maybe with a bone or a you know a, a bruising injury that, that repeats a lot um it's a problem but if he's out of your team for a period like his ball progression from the back is so elite and so important that if you lose that you haven't really got anyone that can do it you just haven't and and that, again this, not, not not a right center back not a left center back no like i think we saw yesterday that varan came on and again people were like oh you know why did why did Maguire start and varan didn't and i think just on form over the season, I think Maguire before the injury was was much better than Varane, and Varane was like, almost left out completely, wasn't he, for periods? Now I think if you're stuck with Varane and Maguire going forward, and that is a little bit more worrying because they both can get run, they don't have maybe the the agility or the mobility of a, of a Martinez. And I think Martinez has shown just again that little pocket of, of time that he is massively important to this project at Man United. So uh, I think it also makes you think, Scott into the future and that is that man united needs to go and buy a center back somewhere in that they need, in to, that, I, they need two for me they need two and again i think the, re the response of full time yesterday from a lot of united fans to me on twitter was that that oh he's a, he's a crock he's a crock now i don't believe that but i do believe that it means you go and need to go and buy another center back you either need to develop Camboala now and feel that he's your guy like that next season he can fill in a lot more minutes so you start the development now and united have started doing that but if he's not the guy, he's not your next Manu in midfield or he's not your next Garnacho in the attack, then you've just got to go and buy someone. Got to go buy someone, go get a centre-back that can do the job, maybe a young centre-back who's 21, 22, is it still a development project and can work alongside your, your more senior players. Like we saw yesterday, Victor Lindelof came back. Now, it's not going to break any headlines, but if, if Lindelof is fit, it won't surprise me if Lindelof is the left centre-back in the weeks ahead. Luke Shaw as well. Luke Shaw might come back inside, but I think again that you're so compromised, aren't you, in the fullback positions that when you have to chop and change so often that Luke Shaw can definitely play left centre back and might even be the most suitable option. But then you're maybe hoping that Malasia comes back and hitting the ground running and he ends up playing left back. But I think we did see last season at times that he he failed in that function. So that might work, but the the margins for errors are slim, aren't they? They start getting a lot more slimmer and you start thinking, well, you're not playing out from the back correctly. Luke can definitely do it. And I think Shaw and Maguire could work. But I think at the moment, you're more likely to see Luke Shaw carry on at left back. And I think you will have Maguire and, and Varane 
chopping and changing. Did you see Varane came on again yesterday, Scott, and played left centre-back? You know, all of that talk for months of he can't play left centre-back and now he is. That's what you've got. So you're going to have to go with it. And all we can say is fingers crossed that Sandra is okay and that it's a it's more of a short-term thing. When he walked off in front of me, Scott, he didn't look too bad. Now, I'm just saying that as a bit of blue sky. Like it, it, when you have an ACL or anything like an ACL, you can walk on it. You can, you can walk forward on it. But they normally don't want you to. They normally you're normally stretched off or you're pulled off. Or they they're kind of testing it as you walk off. He did go off slowly and like gingerly, like was flexing it. But he didn't seem like it was a massively serious injury. So I was quite shocked when I left the ground, and the news was from Ten Hag that it looks like a bad one because we all thought oh, they're taking him off after an hour. It's okay. He'll be okay. So. Fingers crossed. Let's keep the butcher, keep Litcher in the team because he is so important to Manchester United. There's, I don't think there's many more important players than him. But anyway, we will uh, we will see. We await news on Litcher. Hopefully, it's not as serious as it was initially feared. But it's, it's been such rotten luck for him for a year, really. Nearly. Since that severe game last year uh, and he was carried off. Just been... Not not good for him at all. I mean, you don't like to see players struggle with missing matches as regularly as he has. So um, fingers crossed he will get back soon and it's not as bad as people are thinking initially. I'm sure we'll hear something within the next 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap it there. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promise and the Man United Podcast. Apple and Spotify is where you can find us on audio. Like this video on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, and hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. And follow us on the socials at double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at TPLMUFC. We'll be back later this week to preview Aston Villa. We should have more news on Martinez by then and then anything else that happens in between we'll be sure to talk about as well thanks to rob i've been scott from the promised land podcast until next time everyone have a great week when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.